What's up, sons and daughters? It is Sam Jesse, and I am back with the full crew from the Locks of Saturday, Chris, Robert, Ed, and Brett. We are all here. We're midway through. And you know, we talked about your goal is to be just above 500 at the end of the year with your bets, right? Like I think it's like 53% and above. Depending on the prices here and there, you're probably making money. We're on our way, fellas. We are on our way. Our records through the first few games, yours truly is in first place at 20 and 19. Robert in second place at 19 and 20. Brett and Chris tied for third at 18 and 21. Ed in fifth at 15 and 24. But a lot of time left to go. How are we feeling so far midway through the season? Not too bad, honestly. I mean, we're picking the hardest games, so like our, our slate's not the greatest. But I mean, I think overall in the year, like I'm like fifty-eight percent or something, so pretty good. The nutty picks. I'm, the nutty picks. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure college football ended last week. Tennessee, Alabama, wasn't that just it? That, you would, that just concluded the season, right? Like, there's no need to play it all out. I'll tell you, Tennessee. Tennessee just won their national title. Yeah. And All I know is I am joining the Alabama fans by putting on my tin foil hat. I am I am studying uh, referee reactions on there. I'm I'm buying in. It is amazing the level of reaction that's happening from the Alabama fan base. It's 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 a kind of refreshing to be honest of just how butthurt they are about losing. It's really yeah, awesome. this is how the rest of the country has felt exactly. for like fifteen years. Yeah. Exactly, it's beautiful, and they'll well, still probably win the natty. Yeah. Yeah, probably they'll find a way. Well, yeah. Thanks, well, thanks, Ed. Speaking of big orange <laughs> and the color orange, our first game that we're covering this week has a whole lot of the color orange to it. Syracuse plus 13 and a half at Clemson. The Syracuse Orange 6 and 0. They're still undefeated. This game will be at noon on ABC over under a set at 49 and a half. Brett, kick us off. Yeah, I mean Syracuse, I burned me last week. Carrier Dome, I should have known better. That was a dumb pick. I mean, NC State, I, I mean, the defense looked pretty good most of the game. They just, I mean, they looked just as bad as the Virginia Tech offense, we're going to be completely honest without Devin Weary. But uh, yeah, bad pick, not pick. The Carrier Dome is just a horn fest. This game's not at the Carrier Dome, though. But I don't think that matters. I like Syracuse in this spot again. I think they're hot right now. I think even at Clemson, I think that they're going to be able to keep it within like 10 points. I think Syracuse's defense is pretty darn good, even and Clemson's offense clicking, sure, kind of. But I think actually I'm, I'm going with Syracuse here. Never, I feel like it's a chasing bet because I didn't pick them last week and I'm chasing to get Syracuse a game late, might be. But I still think Syracuse is the play at 13 and a half. Um, I think they're going to lose probably between like 10 and 10 and 14. So this could be a brutal half point miss, but uh, I would maybe tease it to 14. Your odds will be as good, but we have to pick a 13 and a half. So I'm still going to go Syracuse. I'm going to go with Clemson here. Um, I think Clemson at home with a well-rested and completely dominant defensive line led by Brian Bercy will be able to slow down the Syracuse running game and their first team all world Twitter running back. And Sean Tucker, um, I'm going to go with Clemson at home, D-line, stopping the run. Uh, and DJ has been playing much, much better of late. You know, after that first game of the year, I think a lot of people thought, you know, he may not make it through the season as the starter in Clemson. And he's really bounced back and had a really good season. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Clemson here. 
fellas, I, uh, I, I, I cannot in my right mind under any circumstance bet Syracuse to cover against Clemson in this scenario. We see this every single year in college football where there's one team that you're like, man, how are they still undefeated? They're still undefeated. They're six and oh, they're seven and oh this year. It's, it's Syracuse and all the credit to him. Dino Babers has saved his job and maybe Syracuse is going to be one of those programs under Babers where they're pretty bad for two or three years, but every fourth or fifth year, they have a pretty darn good team. And maybe this is that fourth or fifth year. They're, they're good. They're much better than we expected, but Clemson might be a little bit better than we expected too. They, they really beat down on Florida state. That game was not as close as the final score said they're playing in death Valley. Clemson is one of the best home teams in the country. Um, I like Clemson in this one. I, I don't think Syracuse's offense will be able to do the things that they have done against other teams. Even against NC State, we saw NC State kind of had them that entire game up until the very last drive. So um, I think Clemson wins this one in a landslide. I'm going to have to just wholeheartedly disagree. And I'm going to lead off with the first spicy take here. Cuse plus 13 and a half lock. lock. And I'm going to tell you why. Lock. Uh, I, I couldn't run fast enough to lock up this Q's line here. And I'm going to, first of all, just try to figure out, and this is when I looked at the spread, justifying a two-touchdown spread. Um, mm-hmm. Because metrically, at least in terms of total uh, SRS and PFF, I've been alluding to this, uh, these two metrics as well as the composite metric I've been leaning on. Um, it's a very narrow gap between Q's and Clemson. Um, and at this point, as we're maturing in this, matured into the season, um, you can kind of bank on performance against your current schedule to kind of have some value that you can look at and try to see. And uh, right now, Clemson and SRS, there's six, Cuse is eighth. There's no real gap between them. PFF, same. And that's across the board for both offensive and defensive individual metrics is there. In fact, the Cuse pass defense actually rates out better to match up pretty well against the Clemson passing offense, which... DJ recovered pretty well from last year, but it's still, he's not lighting the world on fire. Um, So I'm just, I'm not necessarily seeing the world beating level of the usual Clemson offense uh, that we've seen years past. And then the composite, this was the differentiator for me. Clemson ranked in the top 10. I think they're right around seven. Cuse is unranked in the composite right now. And I had to look at that. And then I saw some other teams that were on, that were ranked. I'm seeing teams like Minnesota, Illinois, Maryland. So I'm like, Maybe the composite just loves horrible Big Ten football. There's a bias there. I have no idea. I'm just wondering why a team like Cuse, which if you think about it, they're kind of a, a, another duplicate of a horrible Big Ten type team. Um, but th- there's a lot of uh, overlap there, in my personal opinion, when I watch Cuse and when I've watched previous other type of teams that are kind of on that composite ranking. Um, so I think the narrative here is just Clemson should be favored by two touchdowns because Cuse is just supposed to be bad. Cause we remember that 2020 season when they went one and 10, but it's like, if you look back there, they replaced both coordinators during that 2020 season. And then they went into the pandemic and, you know, enough said, you know, they didn't have enough installation capability there, but that was only two years um, removed from Dino Babers winning 10 games. So I don't know what to think with Cuse. I'm just looking at them right now. They've had the same defensive coordinator in place. We all 
begrudgingly at least know Robert Nene as a new offensive coordinator can get some 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 juice out of that offense. And I feel like that's going to be enough for them to keep it close on the road. Um, so I, I hate taking teams on the road that I feel like they can't win, but I feel like Hughes can definitely keep this game close because they have a good ground game. They have a competent pass game. And ultimately their defensive coverage matchup is the best one in the matchup. So with that being two touchdowns, give me the Cuse Orangeman. And one of the best running quarterbacks in the country, people forget. Who he's also has a better passer. Yeah. 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 And he also doubles as a mountain. He, I think he's a West Virginia Mountaineers mascot. And then he runs over to this game, too. Hmm. Well, I'll ask this to, I guess I'll ask this to Brett and Chris because y'all are the two who are taking Syracuse. Do either of you have any inkling of a desire or a leniency at all? to throw something at that plus 390 money line? Uh, I mean, kind of, honestly, I mean, Cuse has a better team than last year, and Clemson's about the same, and Cuse almost beat Clemson last year. They actually should have. I so. will say that out of the last five matchups against this spread, Cuse would have gone three and two with one outright win, and the other two games were field goal losses. So Cuse does have a history of playing Clemson close. I, yeah, that's what I would that's what, uh, Well. That actually was not the answer I expected. I expected that to be a resounding <laughs> no, I'll be honest. Yeah. Kind of took the wind out of my sails there. <laughs> I but <laughs> no would have advice, but thank yeah. you. Uh, but, I mean, regardless, I actually – I don't think there's a world where Clemson loses this game. Um, but that said, I do agree with Brett and Chris because I do think Syracuse does keep it somewhat close. Um, I think if you look at these two offenses – they are both efficient. Like if you look at sharp college football, they grade out. Clemson is the 13th overall offense in the country in terms of drive efficiency. Syracuse is eighth in terms of drive efficiency. So very efficient drives. But as far as explosiveness goes, Clemson's 39th, Syracuse is 59th. So it's not a lot of big plays. It's just chunk play, methodical drives. Both of these teams do that. Um, I love the under for that reason. Um I think that this this stays kind of in that low 40 range in terms of points and the over-unders at 49 and a half. Um, Clemson is going to do, I, Ed's point especially about limiting the running game um, with that D-line, they're definitely going to do that. But I do think Schrader could still make some plays against the secondary, which as we all know is pretty weak. Um, by far the weakest point in Clemson's defense. Um, so Schrader's most effective pass dif- distance, pardon me, is like that intermediate 10 to 19 yard range. Um, if you look at PFF, that's his highest graded range of passes. He's grades out in 92.1 out of hundred on those passes averages 11 yards per attempt. Um, and then Clemson's worst pass defenders, all of their a dot, which is average depth of target all hovers between that 10 to 19 range as well. So they don't cover well in that little intermediate area. And that's where Schrader's most effective. Um, and then you add on the fact that Clemson is 57th in the country in third down defense. I could just see Syracuse having like an annoying number of instances where like, it's like third and eight and Schrader just finds a guy for nine yards right down the middle um, just to keep the chains moving. Ultimately like Clemson is still going to win this game because they're probably more talented at literally every position. Um, but Syracuse will do enough to cover. Like I see this as like a 27-17 score, something like that. 
I'm pretty surprised that people weren't hammering Clemson here. I mean, to me, this felt like the letdown game for Syracuse. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, do it, we think that there's a worse uniform matchup in college football than the Clemson home orange and the Syracuse away with orange? Ten, yeah, I'll, they're both going to be I'll, wearing basically the same here. helmets. So that's going to be Tennessee great. versus South Florida. Oh, that's bad. That's yeah, bad. You're welcome. I'll say this though: Syracuse, Clemson, they, based off their win total, they're going to lose. I mean, they they're going to lose a game. And this is I don't I don't know I don't know if they are. <laughs> they survived. They survived <laughs> Wake Forest, and yeah. they survived NC State, and they survived in and Florida State. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's four. Well, four. What is four out of five games in a row that you know they've been scratching pretty much by the you know by their hair there you know what yeah is this the one where it happens that's just where i'm thinking i mean it could i think the thing about this clemson team i'm just saying like this is this would be if there were to lose one i mean clemson they just don't blow people out like this isn't that this isn't that trevor lawrence like we're gonna put up six touchdowns in the first half and i'm gonna be like in sweatpants by the third quarter like that's not that's not clemson anymore they win, but they don't do so so dominantly. And that's a testament to how much better the Atlantic division is too. But they've also given up some garbage time touchdowns here. So there's a possibility for a backdoor cover for Syracuse, I think. Like NC true. State and Florida State both scored like touchdowns down double digits like within the last two minutes or something like that. So who knows? Well, from one awful uniform matchup to maybe the best uniform matchup you could possibly get UCLA is traveling up to Eugene, Oregon. They are six-point dogs. The over-under for this game is set at 69-and-a-half and will be televised at 3.30 on Fox. Brett, one of the biggest games of the year so far, and I feel like not a lot of people are talking about it. No, I mean, people just don't talk about the Pac-12, really. I talk about the Pac-12. Literally every day of my life I talk about the Pac-12. I know you just in general, the Pac-12 kind of gets put on the back burner because there's really hasn't been a coaching. There really hasn't been any stability in coaching in the Pac-12 in the last. Mm-hmm. There's also something pretty unappealing about playing your games at ten fifteen Eastern yeah, time. Yeah. So I mean, I this game's at three thirty. Yeah, that does three thirty on Fox. So this line opened at four and a half, and it is now up to six. So to me, that's telling me that people are trying to get on. Oregon, I guess, and I'm not really sure why. I like UCLA in the spot. I think Oregon, I don't know. I just, they, I bet them a couple times this year and they've kind of let me down each time. That Washington State game, that cover was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. So um, I don't know. I, I think UCLA is the hot team right now. Another, this might be another situation where I'm chasing because UCLA, I bet against them a few times this year and lost all of them. So I think this is another one of those spots where you could be chasing at Oregon. It's not at night. You know, it's noon game at, or- at Austin. I mean, still a good atmosphere, but it's different at night there. And I think UCLA has got a good team, honestly. Um, I mean, their quarterback plays, obviously. He's just too – he's kind of like Michael Penix in a way. It's like he's just like really freaking good one day, and then the next day he really sucks. But – I think I like UCLA in the spot just solely off the fact that 
think they're playing better football right now overall than Oregon. It's been a better team this year overall. Oregon's had just been way too inconsistent, and I know Chris Himes' favorite football player of all time, Bo Nix. I'm sure he's going to have some kind words to say about him, so I'm going with UCLA. I am not. Me and Brett are never in lockstep. I am going with Oregon. Um, Oregon and their particularly their offense and Bo Nix have been pretty phenomenal since the extremely forgettable Georgia game to open the season. Um, since then, Nix is 12 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. Um, and it's kind of a weird one to look at where, you know, everything's kind of equal offensively. You know, two dynamic quarterbacks who can throw and run the ball at an extremely high level, good running game, some good weapons on the outside. Um, so I'm going to go with Oregon at home, less than a touchdown favorite, uh, kind of strictly for that reason. Um, I think these are both two really good teams, and it's unfortunate that Oregon started the year the way they did with Georgia because I think this would be, you know, a, a nine versus four or five matchup if Oregon didn't lay that goose egg to open the year. But I think this is as good of Pac-12 football as we've seen in a while. Sam, I think you're right. I think it's kind of a slept-on game over the weekend. I think I actually might watch a Pac-12 game this weekend. So that's big in its own right. Um, but I am going to go with Oregon here at home, less than a touchdown. And uh, Bo Nix, we've been talking about Bo Nix forever. I love Bo Nix. Maybe yeah. he's finally figured something out. I, I think they have. So let's look at this Oregon offense, even with the game against Georgia. They are number 10 in EPA per pass. They're number one in EPA per rush. They're number one in echo rate. They're number four in early downs EPA. And they're the number three, third, and fourth down success team in the country. In terms of offensive success rate, they are sixth in pass and first in rush. To be honest, if Ohio State didn't exist, Oregon would be the best offense in the country by a country mile. That said, UCLA... Definitely overachieving this year, which is the only thing that's making me rethink this game. Brett, you mentioned it. UCLA's burned me a few times this year. So there was part of me that's like, all right, I got to just take UCLA. Not going to fall for it. Really, really long trip to Eugene from LA. That's a long trip to take. Oregon playing at home. Don't bet against the Ducks at home. They have not had a great defensive year, but they have been better at defending the rush, especially in key situations like third and short, I think I, I think you're going to see Oregon really flex their muscles here in this game. So UCLA, great story, great team. I'm sorry for doubting you. You're a very good team. They're probably a top 15 team. But are they an undefeated team? Probably not. So where are they going to lose this is probably their most likely loss left on their schedule. So I'm going to go Oregon to win this one by a touchdown. I like that it's at six. If this game was at seven or eight, I would probably go UCLA. But the fact that it's still under a touchdown, I think is really good value on Oregon. So I'm going to go with the Ducks in what can only be described as a beautiful, beautiful and aesthetically pleasing game. So uh, quack attack by uh, probably 10 to 14 points. I'm going to have to respectively disagree and agree then with Brett. So, I mean, Brett, you nailed it on the head. Ultimately, this is going to be a Bonex uh, referendum here, but I'm going to lay out a few more points before I get to that one eventually here. So um, 
the six points kind of threw me off here because to be honest, I feel like Oregon, I'm getting, uh, uh, I'm in laying those points. Um, I feel like there's no value there because with UCLA, I'm getting the better team metrically um, and all things, but I believe the composite right now and in the composite, when you're talking about all of the different like S&P plus FEI, uh, college football ratings, like all those type of uh, standards there. Once you get into the teens, like the narrowness is neck and neck. So it, there really isn't a lot of differentiation. So when I look at six points as being the diff, like the, the gap between these teams in Vegas and they're both in the teens, in the composite, I don't really consider that to be uh, somewhat of a net negative against UCLA here. But when I look at things like PFF, and I see that there is a massive disparity against the UCLA pass defense and the Oregon pass offense. And that Oregon quarterback is Bo Nix. I have to really, really, really raise a big hairy eyeball to what they can actually do on offense in this game. People forget UCLA is, is, is like a bunch of 45 year old dudes right now. They, they, I don't know who they have built their roster around, but I think at this point um, it's like they, the, the powder blue, they're more resemblance of like those like mid eighties Houston Oilers coming into this game. Like they're old, they're an old veteran football team. Um, and I just feel like Oregon is not that. Um, in fact, they have a little bit too much replacement for my own uh, liking. And with that, their emphasis on the run, I feel like this kind of adds up and Sam, I don't know if you can appreciate this or not. It kind of lines up to how Utah beat the living crap out of Oregon last year in both matchups because they were just a better mm -hmm. veteran run heavy team, more physical. All those elements are lining up. And I mean, I, I know that Oregon last year compared to Oregon this year, you can go tip or tap, but just as a program, I still feel like those elements are in place and UCLA is just the more physical football team comparatively to Oregon. Oh, Chris, you said one thing that I think for some of our Hokie fans listening that I want to really talk about you're like, how did or UCLA build this roster? At least offensively, fifth-year quarterback in DTR who has been playing in the program for multiple years, not sitting as a backup. Yeah. Transfer running back from Michigan and transfer wide receiver from Duke. Those are their three best players. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that you can get veteran transfers in some sort of portal and actually football team right away? Jake Bobo yes. is nasty too. And when they – and when I they practice, they're supposed to get better. True. Like really? the longer they stay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, like the longer they stay with the coaches and like learn, wow. they should get better. And also they should is... lift weights to get stronger. So Jake Bobo, okay. I looks don't know like if Cooper Cup knows, on steroids out there. I, I don't know if anybody knows anybody in the Virginia Tech football program, but this. This is crazy. This is brand new. This is first of its time. I've never heard this before. They should. I mean, and credit to them. I think they're probably a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 team. And I think. I, going, going, back to the spread, going back to the spread, I, I, I'm not confident that UCLA can win this game outright, but I do think they can. I'm just saying that six points is a lot for two teams where I feel like I'm getting the better team on the road as a dog in a touchdown esque spread. So even the Bruins, begrudgingly, because I hate UCLA, but they're good. Well, gosh, sorry. I just you have no idea, believe. do you? I no, I do. I oh. do. I I just can't believe I'm about to advise the world to bet on Bo Nix. Uh, 
<laughs> I was just like, like I knew, I know the answer. I just have to you, get myself. You don't to have say to. It. There's no, still an app here. No, my okay. brain, my Bo, brain says Bo Nix yes, is the quarterback go. of the second best offense in the country, who has scored forty plus points in five straight games. Yeah, that's insane. Oh, look, a pig Against just Arizona. flew right outside my window. That's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes. So, betting on Bonex. Here we go. Uh, I'm actually not going to talk about Bonex, but what I'm really going to hone in on, on here is uh, how tough home fields are in the Pac-12. Once you leave the city of <laughs> the metropolitan area of Los Angeles, uh, the home field advantage gets pretty strong. Um, all across the Pac-12, really. And that's shown itself in the numbers thus far. So in these Pac-12 versus Pac-12 matchups, the road teams are 7-15 and 15 straight up and 7-14-1 and one against the spread. So at this rate, road teams in Pac-12 matchups are only covering a third of the time. Um, plus, if you just add on the fact that this is only UCLA's second true road game of the year, the first one being at Colorado and Colorado is the worst team in the power five right now. Like that's, that doesn't even count. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is UCLA's first true road test. They've been awesome so far, have won some huge games, but all of those have been in the Rose bowl. Not that that's necessarily this great home field advantage. Yeah. They have like 9,000 people show up to this game. But sure. But it's not, maybe, it's maybe not, not a disadvantage. Yeah. It's not a disadvantage. It's, Right. And that's my point is it's not like, it's not like the Rose bowl is crazy, but they don't have to go and face these massive environments. Um, you know, where fans are raucous, like everyone else in the conference has had to do just look at USC losing to Utah last week. Like I firmly believe that if that game's played in, in LA, USC wins that one by a couple touchdowns. Um, so I just don't think UCLA will be, I don't think they're going to be ready for the noise in Autzen. Um, I've really enjoyed what UCLA has done this year, but unfortunately, like Sam said, they have to lose somewhere. Um, it's going to be here. And I like the points too. Again, if there's, if PAC 12 road teams are only covering a third of the time, this is not the time that, that they're going to cover. You know what I mean? Like this bet the number here, a little chip revenge. Or would Oregon want revenge on chip Kelly? Ooh, it is a Chip Kelly well, return game because he is the the one who said, "Yeah, I'm not leaving," and then like the next day went to the Eagles. So I don't know if he wants revenge. I think they want revenge. Let Let's just remind the listeners that you almost had a Fight Club corollary there, where the first rule about betting on Bo Nix is not to talk about Bo Nix, and I feel like you're missing a key element there because this is 100% going to be a referendum on Bo Nix. So I'll, we, we should end it on that right there. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, uh, if you want some good late-night games to watch, this one's during the day, but if you want some late-night games, there's no better place than the NBA. And DraftKings has you covered because the NBA season is back as of last night. The full, first full slate was tonight, Wednesday, and DraftKings is back. They're covering the NBA better than anybody else. An official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers bet $5 on any NBA money line and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings 
up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. Bigger payouts. DraftKings where you got to go to bet on the NBA. And Hey, if you need a money line, no matter when you're listening to this, for some reason, they have the Christmas Day games up on DraftKings. Mavericks minus 170 at home against the Lakers. Bet that before the Lakers dumpster fire starts because it will start and they will look awful. And Luca potential MVP this season? Don't know about that. Robert? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SOS. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code SOS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also right, love fellas. that Luca, that Luca MVP. Luca to future. win the MVP. I don't know what it is right now, but um, it's it. something. It's something. You can check it out on the DraftKings Sportsbook app to let us know. All right. This game, we haven't done a lot of G5 games, and I'm really excited that we're doing this one because Tulane is a program that has been building slowly but surely for the last three or four years. And here they are in the top 25, seven-point favorites at home against Memphis. The Green Wave will be on your televisions, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2. The over-under is set at 56 and a half. Brett, who are we rolling with? Roll with Tulane at home, man. They're just a better football team. I mean, they're. I'm not really sure why this is, you know, the line the way it is. I guess maybe it's because Memphis might have some higher caliber players. They get maybe a little more talent just because they have a little more history. But, I mean, first of all, I mean, how can you go against any Tulane uniform? I mean, most electric uniforms, in my opinion, in college football. I mean, Best they, in the sport. They just nail it every time. And their uniform reveal recording this on Wednesday uh, will be tomorrow. And you better believe it's going to be something incredible. So, honestly, I think, like I said, like I'm just going back to the teams now. Um, I'm not really sure what's happening because 54% of the bets are on Memphis. And I guess maybe it's because it's a, t- a whole touchdown. I think maybe if it was below that, it would drop drastically. But uh, Tulane's just a better football team. I mean, they're six and one. They've got some good wins. Memphis four and three. I mean, and they have they've lost two in a row. So it's like they lost to Houston and ECU, both heartbreaking losses. However, so you know people have to kind of look at it like, you know, are they there? Were the two? Three total points in two games from being a five and one or a six and one team. So I mean, if you look at it like that, you know that's you know that's different. But I mean, Tulane beat those teams they lost to I mean, ECU and Houston. They both they took care of business in both of those games. So and they beat Kansas State. So it's like you know it's that was pretty rough. And people thought that was a bad loss, but turns out Tulane actually might not be that bad. So oh, it's a great loss. Great loss. Yeah. Great loss. Yeah, we're not in college basketball season yet. There's no quality losses. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm on Tulane here. They're, I think they are just a better team. Um, yeah, and uniforms. What did you say the uh, money numbers were? Like how much of the money has been bet on Memphis? So 54% of the bets are on Memphis right now, but only 23% of the money. So that's telling you, like, people are just betting it because it's plus because it's a touchdown. It was like, oh, I'll throw something on it because at worst, I'm probably going to get a push you. Right, they'll just take the points. Yeah. So that's what I said. If it dropped to like six, I think every bet would be on two. <laughs> At home. 
I'm also on Tulane here for all the reasons you just said. Common opponents, Tulane's handled them better. Uh, Tulane's scoring 33 a game and only giving up 16 a game, whereas Memphis is scoring 35 but giving up 30. Um, the common opponents part at home, really big spot for the program. I think they come through and are able to cover the uh, the full touchdown here. So I'm on Tulane as well. Bad losses other than this, though. And that's the thing that hurts me is like that was a really bad performance against a bad Southern Miss team, and at home too. Turn at home, Houston, but Houston might not be as good as we thought. I mean, they're actually not even. Oh, close. Houston is not even close to. Well, don't even get me started on the Houston Cougars. Yeah, Houston, oh people, my God. Yeah, Dana's Dana's Dana yeah. might resign at the end of the year. Blacklist. Houston is blacklisted for this year for me. Yeah, the bad. Hey, going? Um, no, it's Tulane all the way. Roll, roll, wave. Um, they're going to beat them by a million. It's not going to be close. Memphis is a good team. And I think after back-to-back heartbreaking losses, now you got to travel down to New Orleans to play this team. The vibes aren't good for Memphis after those. And the reason Memphis lost those games is because their defense has a tendency to crumble late in games. And when you're going up against a running attack like Tulane has this year, especially that spread, and then they go right up the middle, that uh, that's not good for a defense that crumbles late in games. So give me the wave here. I think they win it by two touchdowns at least. Um, I love over 56 and a half. This is probably going to be like a 35, 23 game, something like that. So, um, yep. Yeah. Give me the wave. Love them. Would never pick against them. I love that hard hitting analysis. Give yeah, me the wave. You. Give me the wave. Uh, yep. I'm also on Tulane here. We're gonna, probably going to make it a clean sweep because ride I'm, the wave. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting that vibe. Um, ride the wave. For, for me, it's all about riding the hot hand here. Tulane six and one against the spread. I'm I'm hoping our listeners are just listening and not watching on YouTube right now because it's. I hope they're watching on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be really sad if they're not watching. Yeah. We put in a lot of work to put this, this on YouTube. Yeah, it better watch it Whatever on YouTube. Whatever that is. Please, if you're um, listening on Spotify, wave, please watch you on YouTube. Tulane is not only six and one against the spread, they are also 17 points margin of victory uh level f- heavy favorites in those six and one spreads. So they're not only covering, but they're covering by a good amount. They have the best quality win right now on the board against K-State. If you want to look at the metrics. They even have that too. You're looking at Tulane versus Memphis. It's 31, 31st overall versus 52nd overall. So that's a pretty significant gap there in the middle of the pack. And as well as PFF, Tulane is at a 90.4, Memphis at an 84.3. So you're trying to justify why they would be favored by seven points. You have a significant gap, even baked into the metrics, in addition to the eyeball test and the best neutral field type of win that they've had between the two teams um neither one shot composite rank and composites kind of the composite of the top 25 and these aren't necessarily a matchup of two top 25 teams but for me at the end of the day uh everything that we said about Tulane is true in fact if anybody had listened to previous years as the the de facto sunbelt czar i'm going to propose a trade and so what i'm going to put out there i'm going to call this the gumbo trade and I'm going to trade both Louisiana Lafayette Monroe schools to, uh, what is it, the uh, the American in exchange for just Tulane and a bucket of gumbo. So I feel like I'm getting the better team 
and a delicious meal, and they're getting two additional teams there and a fair trade up for two individual. I don't know if they'll accept, but wow. I'm going to put it out there, almost like a like a bad fantasy uh, football owner. I'm going to put you know some pretty uh, kind of like mid level type stuff out there and just see if they take it. But um, I don't know. I, I just man. feel like. Tulane, Tulane feels like a Sunbelt team more so than the other teams. That, that might you just might be, be getting me, fleeced but... in that trade. I don't know. Like, I mean, you're talking about the Raging Cajuns. You're talking about the Fighting Terry Mountains. Come on. I'm, I'm getting New the Orleans son of a legend. Monroe and Lafayette, Louisiana. There is, no, there, there, there is no trade here where that is a losing strategy. I'm buying New Orleans, and I'm getting rid of Monroe, Louisiana. Let's be honest here. I'll throw Very in South doubted. Florida as the. I'll, I'll throw in. I will take South Florida in exchange for also getting Tulane. How about that? We'll sweeten the deal a little bit. I'll I'll, I'll Terry take some. Mountains, the uh, oldest GA in the history of Clemson football. He was like six, a sixty-year-old GA a couple years ago. Terry Bowden is like the Colonel Sanders of the southeastern region of the United States. The man is the oldest delegate possibly ever aligned to the entire region. I think he's coached everywhere at this point. Yes. Anyways, yes, yes. go 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 green waves. Go go All wave. Right. Robert, are we riding the wave? Yeah, hold on. You see this? Yes. I'm waving. Oh no. It's a wave. <laughs> <laughs> we did miss the Robert Dad jokes and uh, you got to get pretty good at them. So Yeah, yeah, it was pretty yeah, I got to I got to uh got to shape up for sure. Uh yeah. Tulane has quietly definitely become one of my favorite teams in college football this year. 6 and 1. Uh, also, fun thought here: If the twelve-team college football playoff system was in place today, Tulane would very much be a playoff contender. Because with the six yep. automatic qualifiers, like they're one of the top G five teams right now. It's like them and Cincinnati are the only two ranked ones at the moment. Can you imagine that? that I mean, that's if awesome. they had beaten Southern Miss, right? They maybe they could be hosting, <laughs> right? crazier things have happened in college football believe it or not yeah Yeah. which by the way is the ultimate proponent of the 12 team playoff with hosting advantage because wouldn't you want to buy college football playoff tickets to go to Tulane yeah who who is against that if you if you don't want a 12 team playoff you're being you're being a butthead on purpose yeah yeah i don't think real people don't like fun don't want that there's oysters west you're, of the garden. you're one of those people who thinks that aaron judge is the true like record holder for most yeah. home runs in a season like yankees no. fans they're not they don't even yeah, watch is, football up there. that is stop a tangent it. we do not want to go on right now stop it yeah i just got uh, rid of dealing with the yankees i don't need to deal with them anymore yeah uh best uniforms in college football y'all yeah. said it they beat the future big 12 champions <laughs> They are six and one against the spread this year, which is tied for the best record in the country. Everything is hot for them right now. Bet them while you can. And while you're at it, throw something at their plus 475 American championship odds. I like that, actually. They Why? got a tough. That keeps Cincinnati's going Cincinnati's still there. They Cincinnati's are. Cincinnati's still there. But I, I mean, so what? You're talking about two teams right now and you can get one of them for plus 475 you got to take that yeah yeah that's true that's true well you talked about the big 12 our next two matches from the big 12 which is slowly but surely becoming the epicenter of college football i mean it's probably the tightest conference race probably the most interesting conference race as well let's start with the one in stillwater oklahoma 
It is Texas minus six at Oklahoma State. Another 330 game. This one on ABC. The over-under is set at 62. Brett. Horns up or horns down? Horns down, baby. This is my mortal lock. I mean, people keep betting against Oklahoma State every week. Even though last um, last week didn't go the way it is, still covered. They've covered some tough No, they didn't. Last no, week, it was oh, three and a half. They covered, th- they covered oh, three and a half. They covered three and a half. Or no, I'm thinking of the tech two weeks ago. Sorry, they lost by no, seven. They... Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought they lost by three. Never mind. Go on. Oh, or whatever. Anyway, still, it's still water. It doesn't matter. Still water at home on six point underdogs. Uh, I don't know. I like Oklahoma State in the spot. I still think they're still a pretty good team. Defense, I think, has been more suspect than overall. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's tough to – Texas, I mean, I think they're much better. I mean, I think they have the talent. But going into Stillwater as favorites is tough. So, I like Oklahoma State here in this spot. You know what? I My apologies. I'm wrong. Yeah. It was a three-point game. Yeah, I was yeah. – I, I thought – I thought they ended it on a pick or something. Like they scored a touchdown and then they got a pick to win it. Yeah. And then, and then they buried it. But they got a pick after a field goal. Sam, you might have to update our standings. I have to update the standings. Because I picked Oklahoma State. I did too. I even looked at the final score. Oh, your boy oh. might be in first place. Let's go. I, that's yeah. another, I was another person on that one. That pokes here. I'm going to throw it out there because I was on OSU. Um, yeah, I was too. And you've heard it here first, folks. There is there's malevolence here in the uh, juicing of the lines of the final lock scores. I'm I'm ashamed. Let me hang my head here. Yeah, let me let me let me update the standings while um, Ed talks about this game or Brett or whoever wants to talk about this game. No, I'm done. Still water, still water at home against a huge opponent. It's hard to go against this. That's the home dog. Yeah, I've had a hard time. I've gone back and forth with this one a few times today. And on one hand, I do think Texas would be either undefeated or only have one loss if Quinn Evers never got hurt. They absolutely would have beat Alabama that day, I believe, if Evers didn't go out. But on the other hand, I don't know, man. Everything Brett just said makes a lot of sense, too. So I've had a really hard time with this one all day. I think I'm going to land on Oklahoma State here and officially as my pick um, just because they are – a very good team with good quarterback play at home. It'll be a you know awesome environment, and you know they've got points to play with here uh, in order to cover for me here. Um, so I'm going to go with Oklahoma State, but the Texas is not back, but they are they're inching ever closer, um, and that helps when you get you know what was I believe the highest rated quarterback recruit of all time in Quinn Ewers. Um, so I am going to go with Oklahoma State and the points here at home and in in a really fun environment. Yes, Robert, you are now in first place at 20 and 19. Uh, Chris, Brett, and I are Let's tied go. for second at 19. I wore the win shirt for a reason. <laughs> win, baby. <laughs> yes, congratulations on your 20 and 19 record. At least betting. somebody is putting this saying to good use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we don't have to talk about the Hokies this week. They don't play. Yeah, you got to um, retire. They can't hurt that. us. You, you have to retire that shirt because we're putting the lunch pail away at the moment. So, yeah. And um, I just bought it. 
So yeah, we didn't earn it. It's so soft. It back <laughs> it's a cool shirt. Um, Shout as far as this game, I'm horns up on this game. And my reason being is Oklahoma State has a god-awful defense. And I'm riding with that Texas offense as, as far as they can go. With Quinn Ewers, they're just different. Like, they're just a different, better they, – they reach elite levels when he is playing. He's that good. And I think he boosts this team up. I am a little bit worried about Texas's defense because really outside of that Oklahoma game, they haven't been amazing. But they've shown the ability to win gritty. Um, on, like, a ball bounces here or there. They probably beat Texas Tech on the road, which would be a really good win. Another kind of slugfest game against Iowa State. They end up winning that one. I, I don't like picking against Oklahoma State at home, but Texas is just far and away the better team. I'm going to go Texas here. Yeah, I don't love it, though, but I'm going to go Texas. Sam, you don't sound too confident. I'm not confident. And it's I'm not confident because I'm just rattled that I was wrong on that. Um, really just how I was wrong. That's it's hard. okay. It's okay. Um the, the, the way the 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 way that metrically yeah. this game lines up, you should sound a little bit more confident because I confidently have Texas. I'm we not have- gonna lock it, but I definitely believe that Texas wins this game by more yeah. than a touchdown. And metrically it lines up. Um, they're they're better. In SRS by a significant margin, they're better in PFF by a significant margin, they're better in the composite as well. So I feel like all of those combined definitely bake into a six-point margin on the road. And this isn't Oklahoma State at night. This is Oklahoma State home field advantage, quote-unquote, during the day. So this isn't like nightmare, haunted, graveyard, T-Boone, Pickens Field area of Oklahoma State. Texas is playing them during the day. So you do have that element of not having to go into a complete hornet's nest there. Um, Plus, the best matchup in this game is the Texas run offense with my man B. John Robinson versus the OSU run defense. And people need to remember that this is an OSU defense that lost Jim Knowles from last year, who is now currently the Ohio State defensive coordinator. And that scheme advantage that he had them really really doing well over the previous years is not there anymore so this isn't the same kind of last few years Oklahoma State defense which seems weird to say because historically Oklahoma State's never been known for the defense but they were under Jim Knowles Um, so I just feel like I'm getting the better team across the board I have somewhat of a narrow college football spread this game overall is not as much of a harm to OSU their one loss Texas is two I feel like Texas is has to win this game and win this game with some level of confidence in terms of the the dominance factor. Um, I'm not saying that Texas has a shot at winning the college football or even getting into the college football playoff, but in the narrative of Texas being back and them kind of compounding and keeping the scene going forward, I feel like Texas really is going to be extra motivated to win this football game. Um, So with that, I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to take the Texas Longhorns. do you even say horns up or you just say horns? I'm not going to say horns down, but is it just horns. straight up horns? It's hook'em horns. Okay. Hook'em cool. horns. Hook just hook'em horns. I'm going to weirdly say hook'em horns because, yes, me being the requisite USC fan, I will never forgive the 2006 season. So I hate the University of Texas. So that should oh, tell you no. that. I'm taking, taking them this week. national title in a row. Boo-hoo. Hey, man. <sighs> team, team of the 2000s. 
Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I just can't, I, I can't take the pokes in this one. Too much lines up against yeah. him. Well, I, I really liked what Ed said, especially about um, that you, the what ifs of that Ewers injury. Um, Cause I, I, they would have won that Alabama game. And then what was their other loss? Like an upset. It was to Texas tech, right? Like Texas tech in overtime, I believe. That's right. Yeah. They probably win that one too. For being honest, like, I don't know. Like it really is kind of sad because I do think that they could have been a legitimate playoff contender, which is kind of crazy to say, cause we were all, you know, pretty skeptical, but at least offensively, like this offense right now, it's looking like what it's supposed to look like. Um, and with, with Quinn Ewers, like he keeps the defense honest, you know, by making plays down the field, making throws, um, because otherwise the defenses just have been cheating up because, you know, they know if, if Ewers isn't in the game, the ball's going to Bijan, um, and Bijan, I mean, side note for all of you NFL draft nerds out there, uh, keep an eye on Bijan because he might end up being the highest drafted running back since Saquon. Um, I firmly believe he'll go top 15, may even go top 10, which is crazy because no one drafts running backs in the first round these days. That aside, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this offense is just so balanced. Um, I think Oklahoma State's defense showed a lot of vulnerability last week because they just straight up collapsed. Still covered, but uh, did collapse, blew a big lead. Um, there's just a lot of vulnerability there. And having Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, like he's going to know how to exploit it. So to be able to have this balanced offense with, you know, really good quarterback, fantastic running back, offensive genius and Sark running it, like they're going to be able to play to every defense's weaknesses. You know, every time they face a defense that isn't a stalwart, like they are going to be able to figure out the defense's weakness and pick it apart. Um, and I see them doing the same thing against Oklahoma State. Just expect a big game from viewers. Um, I think the vulnerabilities are really more in the secondary for Oklahoma State. You saw what Duggan did. Um, expect a big game from viewers. I think he could go over 300 yards and of a few big touchdowns in this one. I think Texas wins going away, even on the road. Kind of random, just looked this up. Texas Tech, who beat Texas 37-34 in overtime, has played five straight ranked teams. Pretty brutal schedule. They've played yeah, they played Houston, NC State, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Pretty tough. And they still have TCU and Oklahoma left on the schedule. Oh yeah. Well, Oklahoma's <laughs> yeah, uh, one of those is a cream puff. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a cream puff until they drop 50 on you. Yeah, they're better with uh, Gabriel back uh, for sure. Yeah, this this should be a really great game, though. I love that the Big 12 has become like more relevant than the Big 10. It's, it feels I like mean, the old Big 12 again, just yes, high-powered electric offenses, and that's what made it fun. And then they just all sucked for so long besides Oklahoma. So, yeah. Like was not fun. It's gonna it's gonna be awesome when they realign the whole thing and the whole conference goes to complete mush. But that's a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother one. That's a fun off-season podcast. We're a long ways away from there, but coming soon, folks. Our next Big 12 game, one that's very near and dear to the heart of some people on this show. Kansas State plus three and a half at TCU. TCU 
the darlings of the Big 12 right now, undefeated, playoff in their sights, one of the best offenses in the country against a Kansas State team that's just gritty, grinding, hard-nosed, well-coached, probably not very talented, and it's almost bit them in the butt a few times this year. So Kansas State plus three and a half in this one. The spirit of Bill Snyder lives through Kansas State forever and ever. It does. It does. But uh, won't live this weekend. I'm on TCU here at home at night. I know it pains. You know, Kansas State's team we talked about a lot at the beginning of the year. They definitely, you know, you know, they're going to – I think they're definitely going to hit their win total or they're over. I mean, at this point, I mean, unless something drastically bad goes. So, I mean, I think that was a great pick by Robert and people. And I think we already had some agreements on here. But I think GCU, honestly, they are the darlings of the hot team. Um, that was a huge win last week against Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State. They get home at Carter uh, Carter State at night. It's going to be crowd. It's going to be crazy. I mean, there's going to be probably a lot of prayer before the game, but it's still going to be pretty crazy. So, I mean, I like TCU in the spot. I mean, Duggan, I would, I questioned him before the season. I wasn't really sure how good he actually was. Um, but I think with Sonny Dykes, he's brought the best out of him and brought the best out of his offense. They're electric. Um, I think Kansas State just doesn't honestly have kind of his Sam Pennington and Minigos talent level. They have some good players. I mean, Deuce Vaughn, I mean, he's like he's like watching Kyler Murray running back just run around there. I mean, he's just like this little guy just – just running all over the place. So it is fun to watch him, but I'm still on DCU here. I just think they have more talent. I think they just I think they are the better team in the end, honestly, here. Um and I don't think they're probably I don't think they're coached any less or any less than they aren't any more poor coach than Kansas State, honestly. I mean they've been pretty darn good all year in discipline. So I like TCU at home at night um with this small one. Yeah, I'm on TCU here as well. Um, Duggan's had a really good year. That offense is phenomenal. And, you know, while Kansas State has been able to put together a really good record, uh, when they get into games uh, against some similar teams and other, you know, less less talented teams, they're able to score, but they're not able to stop anyone. Um, even though that's kind of, you know, the whole gritty grinding thing that Sam talked about. It's kind of a conflicting styles game here. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with TCU's offense, uh, regardless of how well their own plays. So I'm going to go TCU at home here. Three and a half low enough where I like it. Um, TCU is pretty fun, man. It, it should be a really good game regardless. Um, I just don't think Kansas State can keep up offensively with what TCU's got going on with Duggan and Duggan and the bunch. So yeah. I'll chime back in real quick. At any point, I don't think Kansas State has honestly played a team with a really good offense yet, besides Oklahoma, and they've been in a mess. I mean, all the teams. Texas Tech's offense is decent, but uh, I don't know. They're they. It's, it's not TCU's. That's for no. sure. They're, they've been kind of hard to watch at times. Yeah, and another thing with this game that I'm on TCU as well, and a thing with this one is. Kansas State's coming off of a bye week, but it was a bye week where they won 10 to 9 against Iowa State. And we talk about this in basketball a little bit more about how you kind of don't want those breaks when you're on a roll. And it feels like to me they had won three straight, but they had a really bad offensive performance. It's been three weeks since they've had any success on offense. 
Like it's that's that's a long time like kind of sitting there without points to kind of motivate you. So I worry about Kansas State's ability to score. Like what's a bad offensive night for TCU look like at this point? They're averaging 45.8 a game. Bad offensive game is probably like 32 to 35 points. Can Kansas State score 32 to 35 points on the road in this game? I don't know about that. TCU doesn't have like they're not a good defense, but they're not terrible. Uh, they have athletes who can make plays. And Kansas State's been a little bit one-dimensional with running the football this year. So I like TCU in this one. I love Kansas State this season, but probably an eight and four, nine and three team at best. Here's where one of the losses comes. Um, I'm gonna roll with the Horn Frogs in this one. All right, I'm 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 loving that the second half of this is going to be probably more pro K-State here. I'm going to start it off. So, Robbie, I'm not going to steal your thunder here, but I'm taking Kansas State plus three and a half. Why would you assume? You why, to, why would I assume? Because Just because I'm like Robbie. financially vested into this team and all these other reasons? You're, 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 you're almost at this point one of the primary donors of the Kansas State football programs here. Um, at least for the 2022 season, but um, yes, by the metrics in, I've been a firm believer in my three core metrics. I've set them constantly week to week to week here. Um, SRS TCU is seventh Kansas state is 16th. And you think, wow, that's somewhat of a margin there. When you realize that the ratings differential between those is negligible. Like there's a Coke bottle, from basically anybody outside of the top five until about the latter part of the teens. And then it gets even worse from there. So it's like anybody who's six to like 16th, there is no real tangible difference between them metrically. Um, PFF, similarly, um, TCU 88, Kansas State 87.2. I'm not seeing a real tangible separation between them. And then in the composite as well, which we said is an in, is a index of six different rating systems, TCU 11th, Kansas State 19th. And you'll see that there's even some fluctuations where Kansas State is ranked higher and TCU is ranked lower. So there is a level of fluctuation to even that metric in and of itself, which probably is a big reason why this game is only three and a half. So in this case, I think these teams are even. I'm getting a plus 0.5 extra value on Kansas State, and that's probably the primary reason I'm taking them because I feel like this is a very close, quote-unquote, Big 12 game, which you never think of Big 12 games ending closely. It's always like a barn burn or something. But I feel like Kansas State at this point has the best overall matchup. And for me, uh, the the biggest category for that is just um, Kansas State – has the better running offense and TCU's defense is atrocious overall, like even pass and, and in the run as well. So I'm getting the better overall matchup in terms of a difference between metrically rated units and the, the Kansas state run offense is better metrically rated gap between the worst matchup differential, which is the TCU rated defense so I feel like that is an advantage. So I'm getting this slightly better defense on the road here. And I feel like the old adage of defense travels, I'm getting somewhat of the better defense in this matchup, who's an underdog. So all that lines up to value. Um, 
I personally would not necessarily, I would say, uh, in this case, really value one versus the other. I'm just taking the most amount of value. But to me, this is the definition of a coin flip game. Um, this so is a might be better value. This is absolutely a 50 50 game, which is right now because of the plus five, plus 0.5, it's like 52, like 48 uh, Kansas State in terms of value, in my opinion. So I'm taking that slightly higher value. This is a big time. Maybe just sit back and watch this, game. And watch this game. Sit back, watch. I don't think drink a glass of wine is even the the uh, the point there because this is like Midwest football. So grab some Keystone, whatever it is, is in the Midwest. Just do whatever you got to do. Get through this game. Um, but it's not going to be – if Kansas State wins, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be this like random Vaughn with Adrian uh, Martinez just like – muck it up it's going to be ugly chris Kleiman coached former north dakota state uh head coach uh game plan um their their whole strategy has to be make tcu get in the mud with them and i feel like they can do it so i'm taking i'm taking kansas state yeah muck it up yeah, was it the up. exact term that i was about that to I, use there you go uh, that's that's what they that's do, what they do. That's what Kansas State does. And I mean, you guys already know who I'm picking. Uh, contrary to some other points that have been made on this podcast, I actually think Kansas State may be the most complete team in terms of just balance roster uh, in the conference. Even though I've been hyping up um, Texas's offense, I think that. Kansas State has the better defense, and it's just it's just better from top to bottom. I don't know. Uh, you know, the offense, muck it up. They're methodic. They're not explosive. They run the ball so well. Deuce Vaughn, he's going to be the best player on the field, and he and Adrian Martinez have combined for over 1,200 yards on the ground already this year. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, he's healthy. Um, I think – an important thing to note in that Iowa state game a couple weeks back, he got really banged up, um, was playing through a lot of injuries, um, had to leave the game in the fourth quarter. You know, he's healthy now, as is the rest of their team coming off of this bye week. Also Adrian Martinez, his biggest problem at Nebraska was he just was a turnover machine and he has taken care of the ball really well. He has thrown zero interceptions so far this season. Like, they're not asking him to do too much as a passer, but even so, like he's he's doing what is needed to be done. And whether the wins are pretty or not, they're coming. Um, aside from that two-lane game weeks ago, you know, they're winning. And um, you know, they just control the pace of the game with this run-heavy offense and their strong defense. Um, this will be the best defense that TCU has faced all year. Um, I don't think TCU has really been tested at all in terms of um defenses that they've played because uh, you know i mean we've talked about the the issues with oklahoma state especially in the secondary whereas kansas state's secondary is really strong they're the top graded in terms of coverage on pff right now in the big 12 um and i also think freshness is going to be a factor here because tcu they're coming off that grueling overtime game kansas state had a bye they're just going to be fresher not only does Kansas State cover here, but they're going to win outright. I love the plus 150 money line here. 
Um, I don't know. I just think uh, I just think midnight's about to strike for Cinderella. I I don't think it's a terrible bet, especially money line there. Um, I I'm gonna roll with TCU's offense and, and what they've been able to do this year is really impressed me. But it should be a really fun game. Winner uh, winner gets to keep the color purple for a year, I guess. All right, that does it for our big slate of games, Brett. This is this is your moment. You've been nailing these, and this one right here. When I saw the line, um, Brett, uh, this is this is just disgusting. It's horrible. what you're about to do. Six and two, though. You don't make. You know, I I was listening to a podcast, and honestly, there's more money made on unders than overs. People just like betting yep. overs because yep. it's fun. Yep. Unders are not fun. Okay? Unless <laughs> you're not. me and you bet unders in TCU games, and then you lose. Yeah. Yeah, so um, there's more money and made on underdogs than overs. It's just the way it is. People just don't bet them because they're not enjoyable, and that's yeah, pretty much what it comes down to. So six and two this year, I'm nailing them, and I'm sticking sticking to my guns, going just an insanely low game. Uh, Nevada, San Diego State under thirty six and a half. Um, as I'm sure you guys have heard, San Diego State just switched their quarterback to a new quarterback. Jackson Burmeister will be playing receiver now. Uh, Fresno State is just a dumpster fire. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, they're just – it's just going to be bad. It mountain, the Mountain West after dark this year, Sam, has been pretty sad. So It has. Uh, Down year for the conference. Yeah, bad. Real, like, like astronomical. Although, it's wide open. Yeah, but it's been, like, astronomically bad this year. I don't know what happened. But, uh, yeah, I'm on this. I mean, San Diego State is one of the worst offensive teams in the country. I, where, I said, who did I say? Not Nevada. I meant Nevada. Oh, I said Fresno. They're also that Fresno's playing. I can tell you why I said it. Because Fresno's playing New Mexico, and that line's at like 40. So I might take that one too. Because New Mexico, New Mexico State last week was horrible. And that one hit. I mean, those teams are bad. Uh, Hawaii, so, Colorado Nevada, State's Nevada, like Nevada, and a half as Nevada well. Is the bot is in the bottom five in offense. And uh, pretty sure San Diego State's like the bottom 10. So that's why the line is so low. Um, quarterbacks suck on both teams. I mean, it's just going to be ugly. So, I'm, And then I will say this isn't my nutty pick of the week, but one other thing I want to say is uh, you guys remember what happened when Alabama lost last year and who they played the next week, and there was a disgustingly huge line, and they still beat the crap out of them? You guys remember who it was? Well, it wasn't Mississippi State again, was it? Oh, yeah. It was at Mississippi <laughs> State. 17 and a half at Mississippi State, and they beat them 49 to 9. So Alabama at home, 21 point favorites. I think they're going to beat Mississippi State by like 50. And Mississippi State might be a little better here last year. And you could say maybe Alabama's regressed a little bit. But this is just a spot where it's just like, I don't think it's the smartest idea to bet Mississippi State after it's after a state after a loss like that. And last year, Texas A&M, the way Alabama got beat was the exact same way they got beat against uh, Tennessee pretty much. In a shootout, last-second field goal, the town burned down pretty much. We just beat Alabama. So, yeah, I like, I like Alabama in that spot just based off history after a loss. Yep. Yep. Uh, the tide will probably roll pretty heavy in that one. All right, Ed, big test. Do you have a different pick? And what Chris has this week for your Southern Deep Fried Game of the Week. 
I didn't know we had music. That's awesome. Yeah, it was not music. We don't have one for Brett's nutty pick because um, I don't know what you would do for that. Notoriously silent creatures. Yeah, that makes the sense. The peanuts. I was like, is something playing on my computer? I didn't know this was coming. That was a wonderful surprise. This is phenomenal. I had no clue. This is just this is great news. Uh, yeah, my pick of the week is Ole Miss plus two at LSU. Love that the, one. The lane train, baby. L, the L train's rolling into town, uh, handing out L's at LSU. So I'm gonna go with uh, Ole Miss. They've had a they've had an awesome year. Their running offense is phenomenal. Um, their rushing attack is is so good. And uh, you know, it's Lane Kiffin, man. That that guy's a comedy character. And uh, I guess Brian Kelly is too for com- two completely different reasons. I think one of them is self aware, and one of them is super not self aware. Uh, that's ha- that's neither here nor there. But I'm gonna go with Ole Miss. I think they're the better team as long as Jackson Dart can take care of the ball. Uh, he's had a little bit of turnover issues throughout the season, so if he can ha- take care of the ball, and what should be, you know, it's always a good environment in LSU. I'm just not a huge believer in uh, Jalen Daniels to to get it done. And I think LSU will outscore them, take care of the ball, time of possession, uh, run it efficiently the way they've been doing all season long, and uh, keep that undefeated record heading into a you know a couple weeks out from a potential Alabama matchup. Uh, so I'm going to go with Lane Kiffin and, uh, and Ole Miss to handle business, especially with the two points. You know, it's it's I mean, it's two points, and what do you, it doesn't really get you much, but it gets you something. So. Robert was right about Ole Miss. Add it to my card. I will, I saw that here and forgot about it. A lot of things I was right about. I don't know. (laughs) A lot of things. All right. Well, uh, for yours truly, this is the game that you need to stay up late for. And you guys, I'm rocking the jersey right now. I got it in the background. This game might be a mistake made by sports books because right now Washington is only a touchdown favorite against Cal, who just lost to Colorado. And Washington has the best passing offense in the country. Can they stop anybody on defense? No, but it might not matter because Cal will stop themselves. It's a wonderful game plan. This game is at 10:15 p.m. You're going to stay up and watch it, and you're going to bet Washington to win this one minus seven. It's going to be a blowout. They're going to win by 100. They're going to score 200. Whatever the over-under is, maybe don't touch it because Cal has a really bad offense, but all day, every day, twice on Sundays, bet Washington here. Bet them, bet them, bet them. Love Washington here. Wearing the jersey. I got the jersey. Unbelievably wrong about Michael Penix. It's like – Everyone was. What what happened? I think he got good players around him. I think that's what happened. And also, um, yeah, I think Connor Bazelak is actually pretty good at Indiana. And I think you're right. I think the players just suck. Kevin DeBoer, one of, if not the best up and coming coaches in the country, still has an over 90% win percentage as a head coach in college football. One of, if not the best up and coming coach in the country. All right, Chris. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, oh, aye, I don't know. It's going to keep playing aye, around. I didn't know it was going to play. Just, just keep it going as I talk. That sounds amazing. 
We're, our, our producer Dom is not here with us tonight, by yeah. the way. He's I studying he was for an exam. Be SpongeBob, because this is like a SpongeBob generation of people that listen. To yeah, this I was thing. expecting a. Ah, we can, yeah, Captain. What do you mean a SpongeBob generation? I am the SpongeBob generation. Yeah, I exactly. No, I'm I am not. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. year, <laughs> years advanced from that. Let's just call it that. But um, started out looking at this week, and and I've been kind of all over the map with my captain's pick, trying to pick a theme and then trying to find it like its way within the college football lexicon. Not like a great strategy. Treasure just horrible to find it too. And that's been the biggest problem for me. Um, so when I looked at a few lines this week, I looked at two originally, and I'm not going to say don't do it, but originally I was going to have this line be take Duke plus nine at Miami. But then I said, you know what? Don't bet horrible ACC football because it's just going to be that it's going to be horrible ACC football. And you can never really understand. Although I do want to shout out the fact that there's probably going to be like four people at that game. So that's going to be great. It's a 1230 kickoff at Miami with Duke on the road there. It's going to be, I cannot wait for the Twitter images to come inbound. And it's, it, 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 it's going to be just a bunch of, I, I guess they're, what color scheme is that in hard rock? It's like some sort of like uh, it's greenish hue. color. Teal yeah, it's like teal. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it, it looks like they could probably do better by 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 doing their own images and, and using that as a green screen and supplementing fans into the actual images they do it and be like, you know, I'm I'm gonna, you know, gaslight the college football fan base of thinking that there are Miami fans. But nevertheless, I'm moving on to a different game. I am taking, and this is gonna be the ultimate test of my stinky captain's pick of the week versus what I consider to be the best team against the spread this year. Yes, that is right. I'm retaking the Kansas Jayhawks to our 6-0-1 this year. We previously took the Jayhawks pretty unanimously across the board for that one, uh, which was a push aspect of it against, uh, I believe it was the Texas Christian University football team there. But I'm almost testing the stink of my bet versus the awesomeness of their performance against the spread. So you can say in theory that they are 100% there because they're 6 0 one I don't believe the Baylor Bears should be favored against anybody by that many points, regardless of where they're playing in this game's at home. But eight points seems like a lot. I'm getting a competent Kansas Jayhawks team. So I'm just not, I'm not buying that. I'm taking uh, rock chalk this week and we'll see. This, this is like, uh, what is it? A movable object meets unstoppable force. My captain's choice betting stink versus the Kansas Jayhawks ultimately great against the spread record. So th- th- this is like, if it's good, then just hammer the Jayhawks for the rest of the year. So, so a, a little bit of a subjective science here this week. Would be a great basketball game. Mm. I, yeah, that might uh, have national implications if it was a basketball game. I still forget that Baylor's good at basketball. So that, that that's like the one thing for me is like, I can't oh, find that in my head of Baylor being national basketball. Or nothing, no. <laughs> All right, Robert. Yeah, give me that cha-ching again. There it goes. Hey, hey. I was expecting maybe some dialogue from Wolf of Wall Street or something. Um, so yeah, my free money lost last week after I hyped it up. Um, Thanks, Kansas. Actually, that was their. Yeah, no. So, Chris, I don't know. 
They're actually five one and one against the spread. I know that because I picked them last week and they didn't cover. Yeah, they um, lost by oh, uh, team, ten. Team rankings has them at six zero and one, so I'd have to check right. that just to see what yeah, team they, rankings goes for. But um, they got to get their stats right, unfortunately. Yeah, but still five one and one is still very good. But yes, yeah, so to get back on track here, uh, this pick is going to sound a lot like like one of Brett's. Uh, and so the way I see it to get free money, sometimes you have to get a little nutty. Uh, and so I am looking here at the Hawaii Colorado state game. And if you're wondering, this is the beautiful, uh, scenery of Fort Collins, Colorado, home of the Colorado state Rams. Uh, the over under in this game is set at 46 and a half which I have absolutely no idea how it's that high because Colorado state, these are two of the worst teams in the, in the country, like two of the worst offenses in the country. Colorado state has not scored 20 points in a game all season. The most they've scored is 19. This game is going to be awful football. Do not watch it, (laughs) but bet on it, baby bet on it. I mean, 46 and a half that's so many points like they won't even get to 40 this is free money hammer that under baby um i'm pretty sure i haven't bet any i'm pretty sure that like that was like pretty sure every bet i've done has been for like 42 or below might be 40 below yeah is this a so this is a uh, safe space correct yes you're gonna watch it aren't you i'm working this game actually um oh there you go Hawaii plus five and a half here feels really, really good because Colorado State cannot score. And Colorado State is down to their third string quarterback. His name is Giles Poole. So, um, is that just another name for like just a a public pool in Giles County? (laughs) Exactly. A public pool in Pembroke. And and hey, look at the this Hawaii team. They lost really close on the road. Um, on a late long field goal against San Diego State, a game they very well could have won. Then they come back and they beat Nevada. So this is a team that is getting progressively better against the team in Colorado State that is really not good this year. Uh, they, they will be better. There's a lot of money in the Colorado State program. They have a great facility. Um, they'll be back. But this year, like I really like Hawaii in this game. Um, it is at 3.30, so it was not a candidate for the graveyard shift. Yeah, I mean, that might even be worth... I'm still going to keep the free money at just the under, but that might be worth a little same-game parlay action there with taking Hawaii in the points there. Stepped up, same-game parlay. Get that 100% boost. I will will interject here. The Kansas-Oklahoma line from last week did start at double digits and got bet down to Kansas plus nine. So the final reflective spread in DraftKings was at plus nine, but... I think team uh, team rankings freezes it earlier on in the week. So you're right, Irby, that there is some differentiation there, which also influences listeners. If you see a line that you like, start early, especially if you see the value in that one, because these lines do move, especially in college football, pretty significantly. Like NFL, it's usually driven by players being injured or not at the last minute or so. But in college football, it's all based off of early value. All right. That'll do it for our picks really quick before we sign off. Just say the answer. 
Let's play guess that spread. Virginia Tech at NC State. Brett, you're good. Uh, yeah. Me first. Yep. NC State minus nine and a half. All right, Ed. NC State minus 13 and a half. All right. I'm going to go NC State minus eight and a half. Oh, are we doing the prices right thing? No, we're not doing prices right. We're just doing whoever is right. If you go over, you lose. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Whoever is right. Does the line include Devin Leary being injured or not? He's not playing. I mean, yeah, he's he's, he's he's out for the year. Yeah. He's not coming back. Okay. He's never going to play for NC State ever again. Good. Because it's been about 10 years. I feel like he's been there. It's Um, been 10 years kind of mediocrity for being honest about it, but. I still, I mean, I saw this one as double digits, so I'm going to go 10 and a half. It's what I felt like it would have been around there too. So, darn it, he took mine. Uh, fine, I'll I'll tease it an extra half point. I'll say 11. NC State minus 11. The All right. I think it's single digits is because of the Syracuse game. I don't think Vegas is going to think they're going to score enough points. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, I'll I- go down to 10. I'll change that. Yeah, I just don't want to think it's going to be single digits because that over-under is going to don't, don't discount how bad Vegas sees our team. That's what I have to say. So it almost might be higher than you think, folks. They can't see them worse than I see my team. <laughs> they really can't. You don't set the lines. You do not set the lines. All right, well, it should be a fun one. Um, if you are planning on coming to Raleigh, uh, some members of the Sun Saturday crew will be at the Virginia Tech alumni tailgate right outside PNC Arena. It's a stone's throw away from the stadium. Literally, you could pick up a rock and throw it and hit the stadium. It's the same parking lot. Uh, $30 entry fee will get you three drink tickets and an all-you-can-eat buffet. There will be music. There will be games. There will be prizes. Really fun time. So if you are tailgating for the NC State Virginia Tech game, head over to PNC Arena, and we'll have an awesome tailgate time there. That'll do it for tonight. Robert, sign us off. Go Hokies. Isabella, I'm thinking it through Everything I gotta do Burdens on